0: Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of the Neoliberal Round podcast. I am Ronaldo McKenzie and today we have with us, as promised, Reverend Dion Jackson. Reverend Dion Jackson. And uh, Reverend Dion Jackson is the was newly ordained and um, licensed minister. But um, we learned today that he was already a minister, already a pastor ordained working for another congregation, but he was licensed and ordained to continue ministry in another ministry as well, in addition to the work that he's already doing. And of course we learned today, Reverend, Reverend Dion Jackson is actually from um, Atlanta. He comes to, he's from Atlanta, and uh, he is quite an interesting young man because he's only 36, and he a lot of his ministry is to, the, to, the, to the, those who are vulnerable, those who are shut in, those who are sick those who, are, um, those who are, uh, uh, are addicted to some kind of um, substance or people who are substance abusers. Um, but he, he does his ministry to the persons who are usually on the fringes and uh, he, was, he continues to do so and we're looking forward to the conversation with him. But I also had promised that we were going to do an interview on sorry carry uh, a podcast on i believe it was monday but we never got a chance to do that it's the men of care of germantown men men who care of germantown in philadelphia had a uh, outreach a stop the violence outreach on in germantown on monday just passed at the corner of true and shelton but we weren't able to cover that but um there are several other initiatives that will be going on throughout this month in the city, there's also Phi Beta Sigma fraternity, my fraternity, and uh, who who is having a, an event on in June and Ju- uh, Juneteenth event that's coming up in Philadelphia. And um, as soon as I get more details, we'll be able to provide that for you. But you could go to their to their webs to their Facebook pages or to their website, uh, New Sigma or New Sigma of, of New Sigma Philadelphia Philly Sigma's. But um, but you could follow up with them. But they have some events uh brother stroll there's also some events coming up several initiatives and we will outlay them for you if you visit my page when all the c mckenzie.com or the neoliberal.com but uh the podcast we will have a podcast tomorrow we will continue this continue the series on towards developing caribbean thought or perspective or caribbean and pan-africa perspective and thoughts we'll, we will have part two of that series we will continue the series tomorrow and I believe either Friday or Saturday, we will have um, we will have uh, Dr. Andre Isaacs. Dr. Andre Isaacs is formerly of uh, he went to Saint George's College in Jamaica, and he is he studied chemistry at at uh, at Holy Cross, and then he went to or, and studied organic chemistry, did his PhD in organic chemistry at the University of Pennsylvania and he went on to university of california berkeley to do his postdoc and now he's an associate professor of chemistry at college of the holy cross in massachusetts and so we're looking forward to the interview with him continue to listen to the neil Neolib- to 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 follow us to the Neoliberal round podcast and uh, we are all about exciting events exciting things we are all about serving the world today to solve tomorrow's challenges and of course our aim is to make popular what was the monopoly which is also the aim of communication, to make popular what was the monopoly. We'll be right back after these messages. Jackson to join us on the Neilburg Round podcast. Reverend Dan Jackson was in, recently ordained in the Lloyd Church Rehab um, Cathedral in Atlanta that was on June 10th 2022. and I'm quite sure he has a very interesting story to tell the world. as I said to you, the Round podcast. We share the story. We're all about communication and what is communication or what's the aim of communication? The aim of communication is to make pop popular what was the monopoly. And, um, and we want to share his story so as to inspire. Because here is a young man with, um, who has reoriented his life and is now serving as a minister, an ordained minister within the church. And um, I think uh, I just read one, the overseer's statement, um, overseer Jaron Carroll, who is his overseer, I believe, said after a year and months of classes and said um, trainings, and did I say tiers, priors, and so on and so forth, they've made it to ordination. And um, I'm quite sure it's more than a year, and some months, because you'll have to go through some grueling and some experience to even get to the, the training itself. And we are we celebrate with this gentleman. Um, and of course, um, they recently had their, uh, their holy convocation and village gathering in uh, 2022, and um, it seemed to have been uh, quite a, that was, uh, that was, I think what the, the culmination of the, of the convocation um, what led up to the, um, the ordination. So we are waiting for him to join us. Um, uh, and we want to talk about his challenges. We want to talk about his dreams. We want to talk about his vision. We want to talk about um, his influence. And I believe recently in June, his grandmother passed recently. And um, and he indicated that she was a very influential figure in his life. Um, In fact, six days ago, he said, the color of my aura is red, passionate, fiery, never back down, a fighter, rebellious, protective of loved ones, and confident. And um, and that speaks much. And he said later after that, he, he wrote, God, I'm grateful. But I'll never be ashamed of who God has made me to be. Who has God made you to be? We will write back after these messages as we try to get down Reverend Dion Jackson to join in on
1: us. Join in on the program. We will write back. I'm good sorry. Evening. Hey, good afternoon. How are you?
0: Good. Oh, good afternoon. I'm doing very well. I know you're in, in Atlanta. Oh, let me, uh, let me turn this, uh, thing off quickly. Uh, there we go. Oh, my, um. I need to turn my um, do not disturb on. Uh, let me see this quickly. Cancel. Turn this off. Do not disturb. Do not disturb. There we go. All right. All right. Well, good afternoon, and um, I uh, welcome in. I appreciate you joining us, joining me for this meeting, for this interview.
1: Okay, yeah. Um, my apologies. I'm actually in travel right now, so if my phone is in and out, it's because I'm actually driving at the moment. So oh,
0: that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I think um, I can still. Um, well, we can still hear you. Um, it's we can. We're gonna be doing audio podcasts as well. It's audio or visual. That's fine. But listen, I'm still. So, I am impressed to see young men like yourself. Um, uh, doing very well. Being ordained as a minister. Some and um, by the way, everyone, welcome to the Neoliberal Round podcast. I am Ronaldo McKenzie, and we have with us, I, as I said to you just before we started, we have with us uh, Reverend Dion Jackson, who was recently ordained. And let me tell you, let me know if I have this correctly, in the Lloyd's Church, the Rehab Cathedral in Atlanta.
1: Well, I say it um, in this way: I say that I am, um, I was licensed as a minister in the Lord's Church. Um, but I'm under the presiding Bishop C. Montez, Jones, who's C. Montez Jones, who's the founder of the Rehab Cathedral of Atlanta and also the Inca Fellowship. Um, yeah. And I put it in the way that I put it because I'm also connected with another church as well. I'm connected with the Bishop Cathedral of Atlanta and under the Bishop. Oliver Clyde Allen III, who I've been serving for the last 14 years, but- um, 14 Jones, years, okay. Had, Bishop Jones, okay. actually, and I had a conversation and he reached out and he was like, you know, I see that you have a calling, a strong calling and a stronger anointing on your life. And I just want to ordain what God, had, I just want to solidify what God had already ordained.
0: Okay, and tell me, what is your ministry? What is your talent?
1: I mean, my ministry, I don't just have a full ministry right now. But, I mean, going out ministering to the unchurched, that is what I like to do. Meeting those people where they are, you know, I mean, we like to oftentimes preach to the ones that are already in church, the ones who are already church people, the ones who are already... So called quote unquote saved or whatever, when the ones who really need to be reached are the ones that are outside, the ones that are in the trap house, the ones that are sleeping on the street, the teens, and the young men and women that are really going astray right now in the world that we're living in. So these are the people who I'm really after to try to reach and who I've been ministering to and reaching out to for years, yeah. doing the work, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, and that's been that's been the hallmark of your ministry.
1: Yes, sir. Pretty much, it has been always ministering to the and, church. And I started in ministry at a very early age. Um, I come from a very long line of preachers, singers, okay. musicians, everything. And um, I started following God at a very early age. Um, what age? I, uh, you don't mind me asking? I just celebrated my forty
0: third. I'm I'm 43. Just yesterday was my birthday, actually. But you don't mind me asking, how old oh, happy are you? My birthday. Thank you, man. Um, I appreciate that.
1: I'm actually 36 years old.
0: Okay, okay, and you
1: say, October.
0: Okay, cool. And you started. Um, and you said you started. You started ministry, or is it started ministry young, or started? Um, um and you, I pre- and I presume you are a Christian within the church, and you started. And um, so tell me your experience. Tell me the, your experience as a young man growing up, and um, your convert, and how you became converted into the faith, and what that has been for you, and why you decided to become an, an minister, and how that came about. So let's begin with um your 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 life as as a young man growing up and um and your well, conversion story.
1: Well, as a young man growing up, um, I've, like I said, I've always had a love and a pull for Christ. I mean, it was not I was never one of the kids that my parents had to make me go to church or to read my Bible or anything. I don't know why. I mean, I just felt like I was one of the very few chosen one for real, because I was the one leading my family to church the majority of the time, even though my parents gave me the basis of church and my grandparents and my great grandparents Mm -hmm. or whatever. They introduced me to church. But that drive and that love just had always been in me. Um, even mm-hmm. coming up um, in school, um, oftentimes when I, would, when I was coming up and we would have career day, I would never dress up as a lawyer or a doctor or policeman or fireman or any of that. It was crazy and very bizarre that my outfit was always me dressed up in a suit and never saying I was a preacher per se, but my thing was I'm a leader for God. and. Yeah. That has always been my thing, probably since the age of four or five. Anybody asked me, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? I want to be a leader for God. That was yeah. always my answer. And even to this day, still my answer, I still want to be a leader for God. I mean, you know, yeah. we all sometimes fall short of the glory, but hey, it all makes our story even the more, you know. Yeah. And so, like I said, at a very early age, I always had a pull for God. And um, I learned at an early age that I could sing, and I pulled towards the singing for gospel music, and I started singing around the age of five, five or six. And oh, so you,
0: oh, so you can sing?
1: Yes, sir. I
0: I noticed that really you don't have anything. I don't see you singing. I mean, I don't see you singing anywhere.
1: I was looking at some of your shows to me. I don't see you singing anywhere. But okay, that's good. Um, I must, I've actually that's, been that's traveling together, but that. I've actually been a traveling background singer professionally for over um, 15, close to 20 years now um, on a very um, professional uh, realm. Yeah, so I've sung with some of the biggest names in gospel. Who, do you, who are most of the people you've sang for? Um, I've sung yeah. with Karen, Can we Clark, say um, Karen Clark Sheard. Karen Clark Sheard. I've behind Kurt Franklin before, nice. um, Mary Mary. I've done a lot of things yes. with... Um, lot of things with the Clark sisters the Pace sisters as well um I've
0: that's so good Red
1: Hammond John Piki. I mean the list goes on and on I mean I've been around them for For so long working in the industry and traveling with them on so many different platforms so I'm blessed in that area as well and so that's um, good
0: from and then recently you had a death in your family um, well, is it that I? I think I was going to ask about your influence. Your grandmother died recently. Um, what about her role in your life and you develop your, 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 your faith and your experience?
1: Yeah, she is definitely one of the ones, and I always um, tell them the church that she um, brought us up in, um, and I got to give a big shout out to them, which is the Bethlehem Baptist Church down in um, Plains, Georgia. Um, a little small country church okay, but good. my family roots um and yes i'm so thankful for her and i was like i she's one of the reasons why i do have a love for god as i always do because she set that temple always showing me to go to church to worship god to pray and to lean on god yes. for yes. certain things in life and you know even with my singing ministry um i, I can remember times when She knew that I loved to sing gospel music, and she would record all of the um, services and the little, what they would call the musicals back in the old days, the singings, and she would record those for me, and I would come down to South Georgia to visit, and she would have a whole bag for me when I got there, and I would go home and sit in front of my uh, radio listening to all of the old school church songs and the preachings and everything, and it's actually, I'm thinking I'm just listening to it for enjoyment, but not knowing at the same time I'm also being filled and fed at the same time and drawing me nearer to God and the calling that I had on my life.
0: And what, what has it been for you? You know, I mean, I uh, probably, I mean, I grew up in a very Christian home as well. I'm, I'm, I'm ordained as a minister as well. It hasn't been easy. And um, I know you, um, tell me, how, how has it been for you? And um, as a young man you're 36 a minister of religion you 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 minister you said you focus on the unchurched on but what has it been for you as and your faith and how is it different from the well, faith experience of your yeah well, how has it been for you because I know you are very dynamic young I know you are dynamic um, I know you are very dynamic very charismatic you're you're part of the 20, the, the new millennial You know, I mean, and I would love to understand your faith and how has that changed over time? And how does that affect your ministry? How does it come in clash with those of your peers and those within your own own church and so on and so forth? Tell tell me that experience.
1: Well, when it comes to my faith, um, one, I can always say that um, I'm a miracle baby for one. Um, Me and my twin sister, um, my mother was told that she couldn't even conceive kids. And to God be the glory, she had two sets of twins to this day. And um, oh, you're a twin. Yes, I am. I have a um, fraternal twin sister.
0: Oh, that's not, I'm a twin, man. Wow, it's quite interesting. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Okay, great, great. And so, Yo, oh, um, this is amazing. We, I did so much we got to talk about. Well, yeah, I'm keep cutting you, but I, this is interesting. Keep, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry yeah. about that.
1: And from yes. overcoming, um, several trials with sicknesses mm-hmm. um always been sick as a little kid with things of my stomach not knowing that I had um pre- premature Crohn's disease so I was always what's, sick that, call it? what's that called What's that um premature Crohn's what they call it ul- ulcerated colitis uh. mm-hmm. so I had dealt with that as a um young child or whatever always been sick or whatever and just from being down and sick, you know, I, I had to pull on the strength of God to get me through so many different situations and not even to go into some in-depth of my testimony, like, but I can just touch on certain bases of it. like.
0: Oh, yes, please. The doctor, the, had yours, told,
1: the doctor had spoke over my life three different times that I would not be here. And had told my mom to call my whole family that um, I would not make it through the night. And I'm grateful to God that I'm still here years later, healthy as an ox. I mean, in the best health of my life Mm -hmm. to be able to tell my story and minister to others, you know, who have dealt with that. But that's the basis of my faith because of all the things that I had been through at such, such an early age you know, I really had to pull on my strength of God just to get me through certain situations because I was faced with several things that almost took me out. I can say that. And I've even been to the point of wanting to commit suicide. I was at the point of wanting to commit suicide. I had it all planned out. I said, hey, there's an expressway in Atlanta called I-20. And it Merges with um interstate 75 and i had plans to take my life in this curve and back then there was never traffic in this area and i said you know when i get to this curve i'm gonna turn my steering wheel hard as i can and i'm gonna just end it all because this isn't the life that it's supposed to be but when i got to that curve on that day there was traffic in the curve yes and, and traffic flowed all the way down probably to like five to ten miles an hour and when I got past the curve God said not yet and I heard the voice of God saying not yet and I'm like what do you mean not yet like what like God I want this to be over I want to be out of here I mean what do you mean not yet and he said not yet you have work to do and I still believe it and one of the reasons he spared my life so many times when I've been at the hand of death and my life had even been given up on by so many. And I'm just thankful that God saw fit to use me to even be able to tell my story, to even be able to minister the gospel to people and save people. And I'm just grateful for it. So that's what We're We're giving
0: God thanks for you, man. But tell me, what was... Are, for and there might be people who who are experiencing some of the same issues that you are, that you had experienced, and um and you probably might provide a great um opportunity even now what to just share with them what are some of the challenges or experiences that you were having at that moment or some of those that would that had caused you to want to take your life and um um and um, and I know you said that uh, you heard the voice of God, God spoke with you in a very pow- powerful way and put. And placed obstacles that prevented you from carrying that out. Oh, but what was? What are some of the challenges that you have? And where? And what do you see is happening in your life now that has created such a change?
1: Well, just from um, different, different, different things that had just raised my life medically and even physically. Yes. You know, um, traumas of the heart. You know, I had even, um, I was diet, not diagnosed, but I had um, pneumonia and the medicine I was being treated with from pneumonia, I was allergic to, which caused my airways to basically close up. And I was only getting 10% of air to my heart. And my heartbeat was at 93 beats per minute, as if I had just ran a um, marathon. And they thought that my heart was actually going to burst and beat out of my chest
0: yes and
1: at that moment they told my mom "There's like we can't slow his heart rate down and yeah to call his family that he will not make it through the middle of the night and then um a cancer scare yes and at that moment i did want to take my life and wow God spared my life. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, and I don't yes. have cancer until this day. I'm cancer-free. Thank you, Lord. Um, Amen to that. But, you know, when you've been so strong in your faith and you, yes. when you are hit with certain things of your life that challenge that yes. faith that you have and that you put in God, a uh, person that you can't see, a person that you can't touch, you know, yes. And like they say, faith is the substance of things not seen, things that are hoped for, you know. And so that hope, for him, that faith, was God would step in and pull me back from the hands of death, which He did, you know. And it caused me to lean on Him even the more, you know, and to be able to tell my story. So many people pulls my full story talk about it more boldly you know but I don't want to do it while I'm driving because that's a very emotional and touchy subject you know
0: yes but we're going to probably have to have a part two because I would love to hear about it but you know you you said you are a singer as well Um, I would love to hear you um, share at least a powerful story in a song for us
1: could you say that again
0: would you like to share one of your songs with us right now? Actually, I would. I'm putting you on the spot. I would love to hear you. I would, we would love to hear your voice. We love to hear that powerful, transformative voice, man.
1: Um, I could give a small something. Real yes, 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 um, yes.
0: Please and uh, and for perk, yes.
1: I'll just do um a part of a song. I just song. Not a second one another minute, not another day. But at this moment with my arms outstretched, I need to make a way as you have done so many times before, through Mm -hmm. a window or an open door. I stretch my hands to thee, come rescue me, I need you right away, okay, that's all I'm going to get for now, <laughs> oh, I need you more,
0: oh, I need you, come on, oh, wow, that's powerful, we're going to have church on the Daily but Around podcast, guys, this is really good, <laughs> you know, I was reading something you said recently, you said, recent. you said so you are no longer can you know have you no longer have cancer all your medical you used to have a lot of medical problems and right now you are able you have overcome them yes
1: yeah well, with the cancer thing I said it was a cancer scare i am cancer free they- yes and thank God that it was, but yeah. I've overcome so many of those things and stand firm on the word of God that those things have just created me to be able to be strong in my ministry and be able to tell people about yes. true trials and tribulations. I mean, because I don't feel that you can minister to someone if you had not been through something to be able to minister to someone about.
0: Yes, yes, yes. My, and they um, trials what, and-
1: come on every hand, but they've only come to make us strong. They only yeah. come to make us better to be able to do what we need to be done. Yeah.
0: So. And um and you you do a lot of work with the on church. What's some of the people you meet on a, on a daily basis?
1: Yeah, the people um, what's that, what's that the... I meet on a daily basis, and as well as um some of the outreach people that yeah. I work with um as um I have um. I've been working with a my own nonprofit organization, uh, which is the Circle Seven mm-hmm. Foundation, which is geared towards people with um, raising yeah. awareness for um, HIV and AIDS, sickle cell, sickle cell anemia and cancer awareness. And um, yes. we go out, we feed the homeless, we dress the homeless, we give out care packaging and all types of those things. And um gaining and building up revenue for the ed- education of those diseases and uh, the-
0: that is that is good that's good and um and um how how what impact is, you see you been you're making with this as you as you provide an outreach to these people i'm sorry could you repeat that for me i'm so sorry i'm kind of discombobulated just now um what are some of the impact you see that that's been made as you do your work among these people, among this group?
1: Um, Some of the impact, a lot of people, like when we show up, they want to know where we're from. And we also tell them where we're from and give them background. And not only do we provide them with um, supplies and foods and food options or whatever, but we also minister and pray with these people as well and connect them with God. as well, and just minister to them, you know, to give them hope, you know, to give them deliverance from even drug addiction. I mean, so many times we've been out feeding people and we've had drug addicts that came up and we prayed with these people and their lives have been converted, you know, and some people, and you have to learn that some people, it's a choice from them to actually be homeless. And it startled me and kind of made me open my eyes a little more. It's like, you know, some people it's it's not a choice, but some of these people actually have a choice. A lot of these people have families that they can actually go to, but sometimes that's when pride steps in and we have to learn how to put pride aside. And, you know, just ministering these people have helped some of them even reconnect back with their family, um, help them get back in the job force, have helped them um, educational wise, So we try to provide a mass um, variety of things to these people as we're out doing outreach work, as we're out in the street. I mean, even in the drug communities, when we go out into the trap houses, you know, hey, those those people need to be church, too. You know, you never know who needs to be reached and when they need to be reached and how God is going to give it to you to reach them and the word that he's going to give you to touch these people.
0: Yeah. And um. And that's, that's powerful. Thank you so much. And even now you, if you have, and I'm, of course, I'm going to, if you have a message you want to share with, but well, before I get to that, um, six days ago, you wrote the color of my aura is red, passionate, fiery, never backs down, a fighter, rebellious, <laughs> protective of loved ones and confident. Tell me about this post that you wrote some time ago. This was quite interesting, and you actually had the red blue, um background, and so it was really well done. Tell me a little bit about this, about this aura that is passionate and fiery and never backs down in a fight. To what, what was happening here?
1: I mean, um, I think that was one of those little Facebook things to see what was your color <laughs> aura or whatever, and it came up, mine being red. But the things that yes. they said in that... Um, color origin thing it actually it did ring to be true because i am all of those things i'm very fiery i'm very passionate and a lot of those things it comes with every not only some of the things that i do it comes with everything i do even in ministry even in work even in just a lot of things that i do i'm passionate about everything that i do i mean if it's not something that i want to be a part of i don't want to do it I can't give my everything I can't be stand behind yes. it 100% I don't do it I mean because everything I do I do with a passion I yeah. do with the love for it I do with the joy of it the enjoyment of it you know so yes those things trying to be true yes. I can be rebellious at times I mean I we've all have that rebellious streak at the moment but not the type of rebellion that leads me into trouble thank you God yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but like when it comes I to ministry, you also- yeah. But when it comes to mm-hmm. ministry and my faith, I'm, am My mom always tell I me mean, you're our firecracker. I mean, because I'm, I have so much to be thankful for. You know, I yeah. mean, I have yeah. so much to be thankful for, and I dare not be silent when I praise. I dare not let the rocks cry out for me. Because, they say, if we're silent, then the rocks will cry out for us. And if God has been this good to me, why will I let a rock cry out for me?
0: Yes. Yeah, yes. No. And, um, and, um, and, and you said that, you said some time ago, God, I'm grateful. But I'll never be ashamed of who God's created me to be. Who has God created? What was going, what was happening here? Why you needed? You said, I am grateful. God, I'm grateful and ellipses, but I've, I'll never be ashamed, which I found quite powerful. I'll never be ashamed of who God created me to be. Well,
1: um, that post entailed, cause it was um, the post that led up to, um, well, that I was announcing that I would be licensed as a minister. Yes. And um, oftentimes being connected with two ministries, you know, I don't know why sometimes ministries pit against each other for whatever reason when we should be combining together to Mm. do the work of the Lord. And, you know, it was like a lot of people was like, well, what is your bishop who you've been serving for so long is going to say or how is he going to feel? In regards to someone else licensing you or that you're being a part of this other church, and how is it going to look with you being a part of two different ministries? And, you know, it was just a talk that was about, you know, at first I wasn't going to post it publicly and tell people, but you know what? I said, I'll never be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus or who God created me to be because I'm here for a reason. Yes. And I'll never be ashamed of that reason that God had spared my life. And has me here to be able to minister to other people, minister to young men and women, minister to the unchurched, and even though those that are church, you know, that God has really anointed me for this. And the work that is put forth in this season, it's not time to tear apart the church, you know, it's time to bring the churches together. I mean, whether it's Catholic and Baptist, whether it's whatever. For, you know, it's time for all of us to get on one accord. You know, if we're all doing the work and we're all listening goal. why not come together on one accord? So when I posted it, it was like, you know, I didn't care because it's authentically who God created me to be. And this bishop saw he saw it over me, you know, and he saw that he wanted to license what God are, are already ordained you know, and I had already been okay. doing the work for so many years and it was only befitting that he did.
0: Okay. Thank you so much for that. And, um, you know, as you talk about, uh, you 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 made a very powerful comment just now as it relates to, we need to come together as church, as a pe- as people within the body of Christ. Um, it doesn't even work Catholic or whatsoever. And of course there are, there are many reasons why churches and religious groups and people cannot come together. Of course, you know they have formulated certain rules which makes them exceptional, and the exceptionality of certain group prevents them from and of you know it's or maybe it's an issue of franchise or we're running competition with different stories or com- Amazon competing against another store. I don't know what the case is, but you are a young man, a young minister, rising leader in the church. What will you do to bring about that change? How, how can young ministers and young leaders like yourself who are, who are taking over and aspiring to lead, what can you do to bring people or bring churches and leaders and groups together? Um,
1: the main thing is coming together. And before coming together, you have to have a conversation. Yes. Have a conversation. I mean, even though we might be from a different denomination or of religion or whatever, but if we have that same goal, I think it all starts with a general conversation, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't feel that even with um I don't feel that we work together just because we have set in place certain rules. Or whatever to um or certain guidelines or whatever to what your religion can do and your religion can't do i mean because if we all come together we can just reach the masses we can reach the nation so i mean it all starts with a conversation and if you have the same same desire to reach those people and to bring those people to god and the same god that i serve i mean then why not do it on a level that we could do it together you know. Yes
0: yes you're saying it starts with having the conversation. I think I we actually interviewed one of the 2024 presidential candidates some time ago on this particular show and he said he always talks about just just bringing people together and um, the ability to people to come together, sit down and have a conversation where we can all be open and affirming and listen to one another and to con to affirm what each other is saying. And um, I think it's, you're saying that's where it starts.
1: Yeah, yeah, because I mean, even with the different types of religion, I mean, me personally, my thoughts of it is when it comes to that, <laughs> we, we started off with one, if we're honest. Yes. From the beginning of time, we started off with one, but then ego introduced itself into the picture. And so when ego introduced, itself in the picture. You have someone to want to branch off and make this type of ministry. Hey, well, I can do this better than you on this way. And I'm going to call this whatever ministry, you know. <laughs> I, then you have this other person. Well, I can do this ministry in a different way. We're going to call this Baptist. You know, I can do this ministry a different way than you can and be better. And I'm going to call this Jewish, you know. So or under yeah. death, that's how it pretty so much all started mm-hmm. but now it's time to really pull back off of the egos and it's time to really embrace what ministry is really for and what preaching and outreach and all of those things how it all should work together and how we all as the masses and different religion and different backgrounds and different auras should be able to come together bridge the gap to be able to save souls with the same agenda.
0: So you're saying that, it, so it, st- it started out as one, but as people move, branched out because of egos, and then of course people were also thinking that they can do it better than the other as well. Um, that created the kind of chasm among certain groups, which is responsible for the kind of divide and the difficulty with which the church speaks today in terms of having, you know, dealing with issues of denominational issues sort of speaking as a complete one voice to speak to the issue that speak to where people are hurting, so to speak. You know, Mm -hmm. this is is powerful. This is powerful, man. There's so much I want to say to you. And, you know, as a young man, how, how, because there are some people who may think otherwise, you know, for example, my belief is that, you know, people, God speaks to us based on where you are and based on what because he's wise he god just knows who we are and he speaks to us based on our knowledge and people have universalized it or tried to make it better than the other but um he just spoke to us for us to be able to reach the other and so on and so forth but as a young man um how what what's the greatest challenge for you as a leader within the church you know you're a minister and so on but what do you think is the greatest challenge for young people today as they lead, as they take over from the next generation? What will be the, what's the greatest, what do you think the greatest challenge will be and what's your vision?
1: Well, well, what I feel is one of the, a great challenge right now in the church is the church is conforming to the people and mean i don't feel that necessarily conform to the people i mean because my bible did say the spirit yeah. of the lord will lift up the standard mm-hmm. against them and you know if we have that standard yes. if we want to be the standard i mean yeah the bible says and we said as christians come as you are you know that's where we wounded and sad. yes you come as you are as a babe in Christ, not knowing the right way. But, I mean, if we're saying that God is royal and we're king's kids or whatever, I mean, I don't even think that royals show up to dinner not presenting (laughs) themselves as royals. You know what I mean? And that comes to say with the people, I mean, everybody, you go in church now and the church looks more like the club. You know, Ooh. you got the spotlights, you got the, the different color show lights going on, you got the strobe lights going on, and
0: yes. you got the yes. lights
1: dark in the church and walls painted black, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's almost the same. And you can't even tell the people who's going to church and who, who's not. Not that you're supposed to, not that it matters, but at the same time, I feel that there's a standard in the house, and that standard needs to be lifted back up, you know. It needs
0: to be. So you believe that um those old-time conservative standards and the way and values should be should be back in the church.
1: Some we'll put it that way, some. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not all some. Very specific about that word, some. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. And uh this is good. And uh so now what, what's the future for Reverend Jackson? What does the future hold for you?
1: Um, what the future holds for Reverend Jackson? I mean, um just continuously learning, yes. continuously building, continuously growing, and really to step into the calling that God has on my life in this season and to, to do, do do the work and trying to do it the best of my ability with the lord's help you know i mean yeah. I, i'm not I, i'm not jesus i don't do everything right i'm not a perfect man i don't portray to be i mean yeah. i just i'm just a man and it's on my facebook page as well i'm just a man out god's heart you know yeah. just to do his work and to live life according to him yeah we're gonna fall down we're gonna make mistakes but it's all a learning process and that's what makes us great ministers that's what makes us great people of God to be able to tell our story through our trials, through our tribulations, through our ups, through our downs, through our life's experiences, good, those good, those are bad. Because our life is predestined, you know, God is the author and finisher of our faith. And he already knows certain things that we're going to be running into that he's allowed, that we've allowed, you know, even, Till this point, he knew that you and I would be having this conversation, even though we didn't even know it three weeks ago. You know, God already knew it because he's already written this out and we're just here living it out. And I just want to be able to step into my role as a minister that I've always been just with a true heart for people, a true heart. I mean, I've always had a heart to serve. I mean, cause that's, that's the first thing is servitude and knowing how to serve, you know, and I thank God for using me in so many ways to serve others, you know, and to be there, to know how to be able to serve others and just be able to reach whom God has put out there for me to reach and not on the ego trip, you know, I try to be as humbled as I can. You know, and really follow the voice of God authentically, purely and wholly to the best of my ability, the best that God has given me. And like I said, I'm always trying to grow. I'm always trying to connect with younger preachers, younger ministers, elders, evangelists, whomever is in the gospel community that's out here trying to do this work as ministers and whatever we're calling, you know, who's out here doing kingdom work. I'm always trying to connect with these people because it's work for us to be done, you know, and it's work for us to connect, to do as together. No one man can do all of this by themselves. And I don't want to be out here by myself doing it. Yes. I've had to, I've had to always learn a lot of things by myself because like, some people have told me people have seen the anointing that I carry and have been trying to hold it back. I mean, because I've been, like I said, I've been doing ministry stuff for so long, you know. And like Bishop Jones said, this is something that should have been done years ago. And which I agree, it should have been done years ago, but everything in God's perfect timing and will. So I guess God preserved me for this new wave that we need to church. These people, to bring people into the kingdom, to bring people back to the cloth, you know, to raise that standard of church back up, you know. We don't have to always conform to the world to get people to want to. And, you know, Dion, you know, Rev,
0: Rev, this is the 21st century. So I keep telling people that a lot. And it's, sorry for interrupting, but uh, I wanted to ask you a question. You said, here, you said you're a man that follows after God's heart. And as you follow after God's heart, you are for people. You follow after God's heart, and you have a heart for people, which is which is one of the most um, important motif or important thing that that's driving your future and your ministry right now. But there's something you said. You said you you are also a man who is always seeking, not also after God's heart, but listening to the voice of God. Now there are people who might be saying, "How do you do that?" There are people like i i they just they're saying to i i just i cannot how do i find god in fact and there are people who are hurting even now and even young people you know in the 21st century people don't have time for church people have no time you talk about going back to church and so on. people don't have time for church people have time for god now um you know i was I, one of my podcasts i played hobson hobson was in the church I, I don't know if you're familiar with hobson and he sang this song ill mind of Hobson 7 where he cursed out the church and questioned mm. God and so that's <laughs> question God and he grew up in the church, but no you're not doing that no more. But because he you know he hasn't seen God, he hasn't heard God. It's all a big a big lie to and so, on and so forth. But for you as a person, you are you're from a, another young man from a different spectrum. A different spectrum you're saying no, we need to you know God is there and we and um, you're seeking after him and you're used and you're also reaching people and you're listening to the voice of God, but what what message do you have to tell people in terms of who are trying to find God or, or hear him and who said, oh, we, I've never heard him more. I'm having problems or I, just, I don't have the kind of hope that you have? What do you have to say to those people?
1: Um, when it comes to hearing the voice of God, I mean, the best way I tell people to hear God and to know that it's really God is to be still pray I mean yeah sometimes you might not hear him right away I don't hear him right away you know what I mean some days I have to go to him several times hey God where you at now um I'm waiting but just when I need him the most or just in that hour or that last minute I'll hear that small voice say whatever I needed to say you know or whatever decision I need to be made it will be made but most of the time, if I really need to hear from God or a word or whatever, a lot of times we have to put ourselves aside, certain certain things, fasting, fasting, praying, taking that moment, whether it's five, 10 minutes, two minutes, three minutes, just to sit still yes. and just talk to God.
0: And for persons who don't know God. what fasting is, it's like doing without, going without uh, a food for a couple of days. Yes. And
1: Yeah. Or whether it even not be food, whether it's fasting from the television, whether it's fasting from social media, taking time away from something that we have the luxury of almost, you know, I mean, so that we can get a direct connection, something that would take us away from it. You know, a lot of times people do look at fasting as, oh, I can't eat for fasting, but a lot of times we can fast in other ways than just not eating even on the bible yeah they said you fast for 40 yeah. days and you know and not eat food but you have people with so many medical things now i mean it's hard to tell people hey don't go eat. <laughs> you, yes. know, you know and i mean but with yeah. the eating part of it is being disciplined yeah it's all about being disciplined if you know that you can not if you can go a week without not eating sweets or whatever, you discipline yourself enough to not eat through that. And then those times in your fasting moments, if you're fasting from food or you're fasting from whatever you're fasting for, when you have those urges to want to eat the sweets, or you want to eat fried chicken, or you want to play the video games, or you want to Go shopping. If you go shopping every day, and that's your go-to every day, the shopping, or you want to be on social media telling jokes or ranting and raving or whatever it is you do on social media or on TikTok or whatever, if it's taking those things away from you for those moments that takes us away from God, and in those moments where you feel the urge to do it, you sit down and you pray. You say, hey, God, I really need to hear you in this moment. You know those. As soon as you want the urge to eat, hey. Let me pray. Let me read a Bible verse. They connect it to God because that's where your your focus is in that moment on trying to get your answer or trying to get God to speak to you or move through you or whatever, you know. And sometimes it just takes a simple prayer. Hey, God, I need to hear something from you. I mean, and whatever the situation is or whatever, but, you know, he shows up when he needs to. He answers us when he needs to answer us, you know.
0: Yes, I don't know. There's a book that I read some time ago. I think it was written by C.S. Lewis. I Can't remember. Um, I can't. Is it C.S. Lewis? I can't recall. Um, but, uh, what's your so disappointment? Disappointment with God or something of the sort. But the book is quite interesting because it, it makes a point about um, the people who pray and don't get an answer. But in a sense, he makes the point that they do get an answer. It's quite an interesting book. Actually, people should read it. And I'm writing a book on secrets to unlocking divine intervention. And, and I say in the book, it's not a secret, <laughs> you know? And the book is not just for Christians, but for everyone who has various faith experiences. But um, but I like to... Sh- to share what others are saying with the world. My understanding, I want to hear other person's faith experiences, other person's understanding of how God is moving and intervening in their lives because it may move others as well. And others may find it normative because God speaks to us wherever we are based based on our understanding and our context because God is wise and intelligent and he relates to us based on who we are because we are limited, but he is not. And he speaks to us in our limitations. And you're saying, and you to you, you're saying that God is real to you because God has moved you, spoken with you, and you have touched so many people's lives. You have a
1: powerful word to tell. Yes, sir. Right, right? Yes, indeed. yes, 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 indeed. So what's mean. going on in that?
0: Yeah, what's going on in Atlanta, though? And it, what's the new thing that's going? What uh, as we wrap up, we have about three minutes. But uh, and you live in Atlanta. And um,
1: what, what community are you from in Atlanta? Um, I'm from pretty much all over Atlanta. Born and raised in Atlanta. Um, yes. I currently live in the um, Edgewood, Little Five Points area, close to downtown area. Okay. Um, I grew up on the east side of the city in the suburbs. Um, oh, I nice. Actually, funny story, actually went to high school in Florida. So... I have traveled a lot as well. Um, but yeah, I went to high school in Florida, came back um, the ending of my senior year and graduated here in Atlanta, been in Atlanta ever since. Um, currently working on my um, rebuilding the branding of my cleaning company and my wedding and event um, business. Um, we did take a very big hit during COVID, but we're on the um, bounce back now. Wait, so, can, wait
0: hold, before you, put, you gloss over that part, so you have a business. What's the name of it? You have a wedding and a cleaning business. What's the name of
1: it? Yes, I have a, um, wedding, and a um, wedding and event planning business as well as a cleaning business combined in one. Um, The name of my business is About Last Night, Wedding and Events and Cleaning Hospitality Services.
0: About Last
1: Night? Yes, About Last Night, Wedding and Events. Wedding and events, because just in case people want
0: to reach you for events, um, uh, wedding events or whatever events that they're having um, of that magnitude or for cleaning services, they can reach out to about last night wedding and events. And, um, and is there a contact information? And you said that you got a big hit during COVID? And um, how have you still um, are you, have you been able to bounce back from that because I said a lot of businesses, especially African American or black and brown businesses, have really taken a big hit and irrespective of the the funding that they're giving to communities and it's still not reaching the communities um, um, Tell me a little bit whats what's, um, what's going on. you said you got a big hit. Have you been able to bounce back
1: Yeah we're actually um, in the process of rebuilding, trying to bounce back and regain clientele and start back doing, um, events to the, um, level that I was doing them before and expanding the business as well and rebranding. So, I mean, it's taking the time, but we're taking our time to do it right. You know, rebuilding the website. I pulled my website down, my Facebook pages down. I redid, I'm redoing all of that to revamp it so we can be back better and ever than we were before. And even setting up to do, Virtual events as well, because that is a thing now where people are setting up virtual parties, still, even though we're losing yeah, all yeah. of our COVID restrictions. But it's also a good way that people have been connecting with their family members from different areas who aren't necessarily able to make um, their event, wedding, party, or whatever they have going on. So we've set up a thing to be able to do virtual um, events as well. Um, Yeah, so that's what we're doing and trying to rebrand in my cleaning business, building up the clientele. And I actually am trying to move out of residential cleaning,
0: even though it's very
1: profitable, but going back into um, more so um, post commercial cleans. Yes, yes.
0: That's good. That's good. And if persons want to reach out to you, for for to acquire your company services, wedding or planning or cleaning services, and you also have a music ministry and a persons and a speaking ministry and an outreach ministry to the most vulnerable, to this shit, this to the sick and the shut in and all to people in communities. How can they reach out to you?
1: Um they can reach out to me Dion Jackson, that's D-E-O-N jackson j-a-c-k-s-o-n on facebook Mm -hmm. um also they can reach me at my email about a-b-o-u-t last l-a-s-t night and i-t-e about last night wedding and events at gmail.com
0: that's gmail um, great great and you know recently there have been a, an upsurge in violence and uh, you know i can't end by asking you as a minister as it relates to the violence and what's going on in atlanta we've been we haven't heard much about atlanta as it relates to but in cities like chicago philadelphia and so on you there's been an, an an uptick in violence across the nation um what's going on in in your neck of the woods in terms in atlanta
1: yes um in our area where we're very much so on a um uh, upbringing in this um, crime situation and gun violence is on a rampage right now. It's very crazy. Um, I woke up to the news this morning, we had seven overnight shootings where several people were killed in those shootings. But I was doing some statistic checking and Atlanta is n- now been actually named the Myrtle Capital of the World Um, for the rate of crime and murders that's been happening here um, since the year 2022. So it's really getting kind of bad out here. And then um, our governor has loosened our gun restriction law. So now anyone can carry whether they've been convicted or not. Um, they no longer have to have a concealed um, carry weapon here in the state of Georgia which is crazy because of how high gun rate, how high gun crime is right now in our city
0: do you think that the, um, do you think that that policy to loosen gun restrictions is related to the the upsurge in the crime in Atlanta well I mean there's crime ever, all over the it's all over the country seen, but um, do you well, think I don't
1: I don't necessarily think that's part of the uptick of it, but, I mean, it has contributed much to it. I will say that it has definitely contributed to it because, I mean, you see over three and four people being murdered per night, per day, Mm -hmm. due to the hand of gun violence, police being shot or police shooting someone. I'm really being crazy. There's not a day I've looked at the news this year not one day since the beginning of this year that there have not been multiple people shot or killed at the hand yeah. of gun. Violence. And so, wow, I mean, I
0: mean, actually, you know, I'm so, thank you for telling me. Continue, Sorry for continue. Yes, please continue.
1: Yeah, I'm actually working on um, something mm-hmm. um, in retrospect with gun violence and bridging our communities together and trying yeah. to do it at a big level to have a big um, rally And bring in some, try to bring in some big name gospel celebrities, um, rap artists, R&B artists, um, different people of the um, black community, brown community, Latino community, everyone who is affected with gun violence right now to try to pull together a rally and get our city involved. Our council, people involved, our government involved to be able to bring the end to this gun violence so that the streets of Atlanta are safe again for people to worship, for people to go out to the park and enjoy their families, for people to go out to one of our biggest malls, Lenox Mall, and not worry about being robbed at gun- gunpoint or a carjack or anything when you're at the gas station. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that I'm trying to do ministry-wise that affects that part of our city. So be on the lookout, guys, for something big in 2023. Hopefully we'll go ahead and have it all set in stone by the end of the year. welcome back the interview ended the
0: interview ended well the interview got interrupted and um we lost connections but um basically that was the interview with reverend Dion jackson quite interesting i didn't realize that he also was a musician who did some kind of um background music for the likes of um is it the shared or shepherd sisters or i can't i'm not sure i might not be pronouncing the names correctly. He also did some background singing for mary mary i believe also he said fred hammond and so on and so forth so that was that that's positive so and um quite interesting young man uh quite interesting young man and please if you're in, in the atlanta area please support support his his business support his business and recently espn and uh Stephen A. smith had something going on about giving a shout out hashtag champion small business and we can and we here at the neoliberal corporation and neoliberal round is also going to be promote we promote all businesses and of course especially those small businesses that's struggling at this very difficult time and uh so stay tuned for the rest and by the way we actually continue the discussion because we were talking about what was going on in atlanta um with the with, with the violence in atlanta but so not only are we seeing the, the surge in violence in you know in just in Philadelphia or in, in Chicago, but across cities across this country, and not cities and places and rural or a rural or um, bur- bur- suburban but it 's quite interesting what 's going on, but he said that um, there 's been even just re- just recently there was in, in Atlanta there were at least seven murders overnight uh, and, um, and we 've been seeing a lot of that and we, I asked him about gun reform, and, of course, he believes that gun reform is necessary. In, um, he, he believes some gun reform is necessary because I think what happened in Atlanta is that um, the, the new mayor uh, has, uh, or the new governor, the city has um, loosened its restrictions, its gun, its the, the gun restrictions. And, uh, and, and what I'm hearing is that coupled with that, you see surge in violence, but also there are issues in terms of poverty in these cities and these communities and those and um, extremism on the rise and ideological beliefs that push people to do extreme stuff but continue to listen to the program and we really appreciate your support we are coming up to one year of doing this podcast july 7 makes one year and we are actually a couple plays away from achieving 1000 plays just 1000 plays on the anchor.fm platform and so we continue to grow and to develop. Share us, uh, send us your feedback, let us know how we can grow and share this show with your friends. And please you can also support us by going to https://forward/forward/anchor.fm/ slash slash the neoliberal slash, su- slash support Thank you for tuning in and see you tomorrow. And then over the weekend when we have, we continue with Caribbean, our discussions with Caribbean thought. I mean, towards developing a Caribbean thought, or Caribbean and Diaspora, Pan-Africa perspectives and th- thoughts. And of course, and the following after that, we'll have the interview with a chemist who is actually a professor in Massachusetts, Dr. Andre Isaacs, a good friend of mine, a buddy of mine who we actually played tennis together through while we were at the at, at University of Pennsylvania. Thank you so much, guys, and have a great day. Walk good.